Gossip Happy Hour. This is your host, Riley Wilkes, and I'm thrilled to be talking with you all again this week. So I don't want to get y'all's hopes up. I don't. I know I've gotten your hopes up in the past, and I've fallen far from the goals. But I've been in touch with Yodeling Haley, or as many of you guys know, or Haley Sharp, via Twitter. She's interested on coming to the podcast. She says she's going to let me know. And while this most likely 60% chance that doesn't happen, my hopes are they're up. I don't want to get Charles' hopes up. Mine are, but this does look like it could be a possibility. So I'm thankful for even the opportunity to talk to her, let alone get to possibly interview her and share that with y'all. And y'all deserve that. I know I've promised Ava, Tordorisi, and Colin Ray, and it's Nate, and I've promised them, and they've just not gotten back to me, basically. After they said they would, and I'm not mad, but... Anyway, I owe you guys an interview, and I'm really doing my best to try to get one out there. So everyone go tag Yodeling Haley on Twitter, because that's where she has less followers, so as long as she's getting, like, millions of notifications. But, yeah, go tag her, tell her to come on the pod, and hopefully it'll be fun. With that being said, let's get into it. So today, I want to spend, so last night was the Bachelor finale, so I want to spend at least half the episodes pretty much recapping everything that went down in sort of last night's historical episode. So to begin, because I want to do that towards the back half, to begin, I'm going to be over some TikTok drama, and then I'm going to recap the Grammys. So first of all, Bryce Hall has agreed in principle to box YouTuber Austin McBroom. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys how I had no idea who Austin McBroom was, and I st- he's a YouTuber. I think he's, like, friends with all the other big, like, sort of old YouTubers, him – Danny Duncan's still popular, but him, Phage Jarvis, like people like that, that sort of area around YouTube. And he's sort of been bugging. He's been harassing Bryce all week to, to fight him. And Bryce is basically like, like you're not on my level. And the f- fact is, Austin is not on Bryce's level anymore. I don't even know if he ever was. Bryce has reached to a point where he does not need to get into fights with everybody he knows. He's only going to do it if it's worth it and if he'll gain his popularity if he's getting fucking paid, which he he damn sure is, I'll tell you that. So it all starts basically with Austin calling out Bryce, just calling him a bitch, posting on a story about him. It's, yeah, it's not good. And then he he's basically saying, like, Bryce is responding like, bro, you're a loser, like, you have a kid. Like, go worry about other shit you have to do. And here's some tweets. Austin said, replied to Bryce, and he said, but you keep running. You're all Twitter fingers. You want to fight randoms out in public, but too scared to fight me for millions. And he responded, you know my terms. This isn't 2016 anymore, but I'm not fighting for the same amount as you at. Yeah. Like, this man also has, like, fucking family, and you're trying to fight, like, 20-year-old dudes. It's stupid. But Bryce is making a point, like, this has no benefits for me. Like, I don't gain anything. Like, I'm more popular than you. I'm trending right now. I'm hot. You're not. Like, you you better back up the Brinks truck if you want me to fight you, because then I will. And then Austin said, perfect. I'll take less. Give you an extra million dollars if you win. Fair enough, little boy. And then he's just, Bryce is just like, this is embarrassing. Like, 
clearly they have managers and talk right now. And it's like, you know what to do. You know how to get me. And then Austin kept talking about like getting, like he'll, he'll meet his demands and everything. And then that's when Bryce started sort of warming up to the fight of the idea of fighting him. He was like, you're going to meet my demands. Cause Bryce had to, like if he met his demands, then Bryce couldn't back out. It would have been like a pussy move. And that's not who Bryce is. So Bryce posted a picture of the contract and said, in, in like small print, it said $5 million. And, and then he captioned it. Now we're talking awesome. McBroom, you finally got my attention. Basically like saying, he was saying like, I'm not pussing out. I'll fight your ass. Like, I don't give a fuck. Just pay me, like get my money, meet my terms. And Bryce is getting paid $5 million to do this fight. Win or lose $5 million, probably an extra million or so. If he wins, I think he'll win. I've seen Austin. I don't think he's that big. Bryce is strong. Bryce has actually been boxing. I don't know if Austin has, but I think Bryce has that dog in him that he can. Bryce is not afraid of anybody. That's the thing about Bryce. And that's what I respect Bryce the most is he doesn't care who you are. He'll call you out. Like he doesn't care how big you are. He fucking tried to wrestle Bradley Martin knowing he was going to get his ass kicked and still try to take him down at like a Florida gym. So Austin McBroom does not fucking scare Bryce. Like he can deal with that any day of the week. Plus He's getting paid $5 million on the side. Bryce needs to teach a class in marketing to college students because that man knows what he's doing. Y'all laugh at him. Y'all make fun of him saying he's just doing everything for attention. Yeah, while he's doing that, he's getting paid $5 million to fight some random YouTuber. $5 million because he knows how to build up this suspension to where they have to meet his demands or else he knows he's the popular one. He knows Austin needs Bryce more than Bryce needs Austin. So he's going to sort of finesse Austin until Austin can give him what he wants. And boom, that's $5 million, $5 million, not because of who Bryce is. It's because of how Bryce leverages every situation like this. He builds it up. He will talk shit. He will not, he will go for your throat and then he'll agree to the fight. Um, and then this is supposed to be a whole fucking thing. It's YouTubers versus TikTokers. It seems stupid. So on the YouTube, on the TikToker side, you have Bryce, Taylor Holder, Tanner Fox, I think is a TikToker, and then Harry Jowsey. And Harry Jowsey is a fucking monster of a man. No, Tanner's a YouTuber. Who's the other TikToker? Deji? Maybe. Yeah, so first of all, Harry Jowsey is going to beat the shit out of anybody really on this card. Danny Duncan, I don't don't think Danny Duncan has ever fight. Danny Duncan's ripped. Like, he's in good shape, but I don't think he's fought. Bryce has fought. Taylor fights. Harry is just massive and also fights. Like, I'm assuming... I've Austin probably trains. Faze Jarvis. Who the fuck is Faze gonna fight? Faze is gonna fight, what, like, Taylor Holder? And he's getting his ass kicked. Faze is small, out of shape, and irrelevant, honestly. Ever since Fortnite really has died down, he's become irrelevant. So this is just, like, a last-ditch effort for his career. Like, I mean, like, good for him. You got to do that. Yeah. This is basically all the YouTubers. Yeah, so it's Danny Duncan, Austin, FaZe, Denji, and then Tanner Fox. Yeah, so it's FaZe, Denji, Austin, Danny, Tanner Fox. Yes, I don't know why Danny's doing this, first of all. Because if Danny gets lost. If he loses, like, he's kind of fucked. If he loses to a TikToker, like, there's so much negative connotation on the word TikToker. So if he gets his ass spanked, like, his whole 
um, fan base is like fourteen year old boys, so like, they'll clown him if he gets his ass handed to him by a TikToker. All right. With that being said, let's get into some Grammys. So this Grammys, besides once again the boycotting because of the obvious obvious lack of diversity, uh, I feel like some there wasn't that many controversial picks. I feel like no one really flipped their shit. Um, Phoebe Bridges was robbed, which my friend Gracie was not happy about. So justice for Phoebe because she deserves better. But ignoring that point, yeah, I mean, everyone sort of everyone got what they wanted. Most people's artists were awarded with something. The big issue on TikTok was the whole "I'm gonna f- murder my entire family if Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar beats Taylor Swift's Cardigan." Guys. Harry Styles won the award. Everyone's still alive. The world's still going around, and it's going to be okay. See, this is why we don't take the Grammys too seriously, because they don't matter. They really don't. Only to you guys. Everyone knows the Grammys is robbed. Mac Lamore's Can't Hold Us album beat Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butter. It was no good because Mad City, though. So the Grammys, like, don't mean shit. It's all about charts and everything like that. No one cares about actually quality of the music. So let's go over through most of the basic winners. Album of the Year, Folklore 1, beating Dua Lipa, Post Malone, Coldplay, and Black Pumas, and some other randoms I do not know. That that's I think that's the answer. Um, I don't like Post Malone that much. I really don't think he's that good. He's just white and, for some people, attractive. But, like, he's not actually – doesn't, like, make good music or anything. Yeah, that's a good pick. Record of the Year – Billie Eilish is everything I want to beat. Circles, Megan Thee Stallion, Dua Lipa, Say So, Rockstar, Beyonce. Yeah, I, I don't – you guys know my opinion on Billie. I do not love Billie Eilish's music. She's just so – it's too quiet. I don't know. It doesn't seem to me hype. Yeah, I guess – I mean, I don't have an issue with this because I don't love the other songs nominated. I like Savage, but it's that's more of like a radio hit than I think Grammy – Rockstar by the baby was these are all TikTok songs. That's what I'm noticing. Every single song that like won a Grammy is like trended on TikTok. It was it's kind of weird like that they're pandering so much to our audience. Like I get it for business reasons, but like it sucks. Song of the year. What's the difference between okay? I don't really care. I can't breathe by her one. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't heard that, but based on some of the other songs, I would not have gone that. I would have gone if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? I actually love that song. Again, TikTok song, but it's really fucking good. I thought that was made a while ago. I don't know why. It's just, I thought it was made like five years ago. The Box by Roddy Witch should have won too. That's a good song. Cardigan, Taylor Swift, that's another option. Can someone explain to me, let me know what's the difference between, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and let me know what's the difference between a record and a song. I think a song is probably a song from an album and a record's like a single maybe. I don't know. Best new audience. Megan Thee Stallion won the single. No one thought it was. I, to me, it was either Megan or Phoebe Bridges. And yeah, I mean, Doja Cat, Noah Cyrus, they're all names, but like, it's Megan Thee Stallion. It's not even fucking close. Best pop solo performance. This was the one between Harry and Taylor Swift. Watermelon Sugar won. Cardigan, Don't Start Now. Everything I Wanted to Say So and Yummy. How was how was Yummy in it? Like, this just tells you everything you know about the Grammy. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum. Like, shut the fuck. Like, that's such a bad song, and there's no business being on the Grammys. Like, this is what people are pissed off when there's fantastic artists of color and literally music and that is just so underappreciated. But fucking just because it's just because of Justin Bieber. Like, Yummy is a horrible song that if anyone else made it, 
it would not even be close to me on here. Best pop duo performance. That was my biggest one. Like, I love the Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, but I'm sorry. Exile with Taylor Swift and Bon Iver. Like, that is the winner. And it's, I think that's just such an amazing, like, that might be my favorite song of the year from a pop artist. Best pop vocal album duel. I, I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest again. I keep saying that. It's annoying. I'm sorry. But I don't listen to Dua Lipa that much. Like, I've seen, a, I've heard a few of her songs. I've seen her on The Voice. She was good, but I don't, is it really better than Fine Line or Folklore? I don't know. But I'm proud of her because she seems awesome. Like, she's actually gorgeous, and her performance was good on stage. So, like, I don't have an issue with it. Phoebe Bridges robbed. Phoebe Bridges robbed again. Let's go to the rap albums. Here we go. Best rap performance. Okay, Megan Thee Stallion and Savage is not. How did that beat Pop Smoke? Dior, like Savage, it's not rap. Like, I don't know. Like, that's Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. Like, I mean, I guess it's kind of rap, but like, it's pop. It's more pop. It's more upbeat. Like, not really rap. It's, yeah, it's like, What's Poppin' Jack Harlow is a better song. Deep Reverence by Big Sean's better song. Dior should have won this by Pop Smoke. Or The Box by Roddy Rich. Those are two so much better songs. That, like, and first of all, back, again, these are just the biggest songs. Like, you think Savage or What's Poppin' are in the top five rap songs of this year, then you don't listen to rap music. Best melodic rap performance. I'm glad Anderson Pac actually got some fucking... Notice for once. I'm actually really surprised he actually won. Best rap song. Megan Thee Stallion, Savage, Rockstar. That's not like, these are just such bad options. I wish someone that actually knew music. King's Disease by Nas won best rap album. I don't have it. Again, Nas is such a great artist that I can't be mad at him winning a Grammy. But... No, it's not better than Alfredo, which Freddie Gibbs has been just fucking robbed his entire lifetime of Grammys. He deserved it. A written testimony by Jay Electrona is better. I like the allegory a little better by Royce. So, like, it's not like a horrible decision just because Nas is just such a legend, but like, there's better, there's so much better options. Even, and these nominees weren't bad for Best Rap Album. Like, these are good nominees. It's just, they don't care. It's not even that they don't care because, like, that not that many people know about King's Disease, so like it's still not like a just let's pick the one with the biggest numbers, but it's not the right decision. And so yeah, honestly, those were probably the main albums. Like best Jesus is King won best contemporary Christian music album. Like of course it was. Like I don't even know any of the other artists listed here. So that's funny. Ricky Martin lost. That's sad. He was on Glee. See, Black Boom. I haven't heard Black... I need to listen to some more Black Pumas. I think they're really good. I've heard they are. Regional Moods. Yeah, I don't know half of these songs. Holy shit. Really, I only listen to really rap or pop, honestly. Like, I'll listen to occasional country or, like, R&B. Like, I like John... I love John Lennon, but... Best recording package, Desert Sessions. I don't even know who they are, but they're not better than Funeral by Little Wayne. I can guarantee you. How was Funeral not nominated for Best Rap Album? That's... It's so dumb. Or even Little Babies, I like the album. I think that was made in 2020. This just tells you everything you know about the Grammys. That don't take them too seriously. It's dog shit, and it's always dog shit. So don't be surprised. 
But congrats to Beyonce for I think she won the award. I mean, not the award. She won the record for most Grammys really ever. I think she's like 30 Grammys. So that's just Queen Bay for you. I'm really proud of her. Let's go, Beyonce. Okay, and to tap off this episode, I want to talk about for a decent amount, I want to talk about last night's Bachelor finale. First of all, it is a shame that ABC did not make this into a two-night finale like every other past Bachelor season has practically been. Because first of all, none of those seasons has been as important as Matt's. None of them has had the conversations that need to be had like Matt's. None of them had the amount of sort of time it needed plus the finale and the after the final rose where we didn't even get to hear from the third place finisher. We barely got to hear from the second place finisher. It's a shame. They did over six hours of recording and we basically got to see maybe an hour of it. Maybe. So that's just a fucking sham. There was a ton to get into and I've sort of given myself some notes to like keep me through like chronological order because I don't want to like go off task like I probably will because that's what I do but first of all I just want to say Emmanuel Ocho deserves this gig permanently none of what we saw last night would have been there with Chris Harrison as the host Chris Harrison cannot have these important conversations I will explain more exactly how but like how if Chris Harrison was there it would have just not been okay because he can't get serious. He really just has never what just disregarding all of his racist past for one second. He's has no personality. He has no fire in him. He has no ability to really have a good conversation that we saw last night. We saw charm. We saw charisma. We saw intelligence from a man that we just haven't seen. And they should have at least damn well given him about this entire season. As I've most of what I'm going to quote tonight and what I'm going to talk about, I've listened to from people from this Bachelor Facebook group. I'm in Brett's Bachelor Buds, and it's honestly one of the most enlightening experiences I've ever been in, just hearing from everybody else how things that I, as a white person, might not perceive, how it's actually perceived by people that are actually hurting from it. And I've learned so much, and I thank them for that, even though that's not their jobs. Back to the point. Uh, Chris Harrison's a black, uh, Chris Harrison's a white man. Matt didn't, Matt approached, if you guys remember, Chris Harrison approached, he approached Chris Harrison, sort of wanted to talk about being the first black bachelor and like how big of responsibility is and how much weight that carries and how much pressure is on him. And sort of Chris Harrison was like, just, he didn't know what to say because he's not black. It's simple as that. He didn't, doesn't know the magnitude it has. He doesn't know the, the stress that it was putting Matt in. And he basically dismissed like, Hey, I got some girls for you to meet. Let's go do this thing. When, this was obviously a conversation that Matt needed to have. He needed someone to be there for him. He needed someone to be able to confine with him. And that just time and time again, we've seen Chris Harrison just not really give a shit about Matt this entire season. So if he had a manual show, I believe the season would have gone differently. I believe that Matt would have been so much more comfortable. I think he would have been happier. And I think it would have ended differently. And I think hopefully the hate would have been less too because first of all if you are one of those people who are going to Matt's page and sending him any hate for any of the decisions he has made I want you to log off this podcast right now I do not want you to be a listener even if that costs me a view whatever I don't care not like that's a big sacrifice or anything but I do not want my fan base or my supporters associated with any of that because it is you might not you might see it as cancel culture and I'm one of the biggest advocates about against cancel culture on this when it's worthy. This is not cancel culture. This is holding people accountable 
for racism. Like, that's what it is. It's plain and simple. That's what it is. Anyway, I don't know if he'll do it. Uh, and I love him because he sort of, like, intersects my two favorite worlds. Like, I literally am the biggest, one of the biggest sports fans you'll know. And then I'm literally one of the biggest reality TV show fans. So to have him, he's a sports anchor on FS1, former NFL. He was a linebacker. He played at Texas, played for the Philadelphia Eagles too. So, like, he knows his shit about pretty much everything, and he's a great dude. So, anyway, let's start with Matt's elimination of Michelle. So, Michelle and Rachel were the final two. He had his first date with Michelle basically after meeting the families. So, after both girls met the families, Matt's mom and Matt's brother were there. Matt's mom pretty much loved him, loved both the girls, loved him to death but she basically could tell Matt you're not ready for an engagement and that's sort of Matt was pretty much all ready until his mom said something but it, mama knows best it's true and I don't think Matt was ready for an engagement but that's okay I'm glad that mom's the mom talked to him and sort of Matt was sort of freaking out already at that he talked to Chris where it was like I don't know what I'm ready to do Chris was basically pressuring him into forcing an engagement I'll talk about that in a second because I believe this happened after he eliminated Michelle what I learned listening to a clubhouse meeting, which is sort of like a podcast, was Matt's love language is physical touch. You could tell. He loves cuddling, touching people, kissing, all that stuff. And he was very affectionate with Michelle on the date until really what I learned was as soon as he, as Michelle gave him a jersey that on the back said Mrs. James, literally an immediate transformation with Matt's behavior. You could tell that Something clicked with him. He just did not like the sight of that. He was not ready for that. And I think he probably realized Michelle deserves more. Michelle is ready for something that he's not. And he's just, I don't think he felt it with her. And I feel like at that moment, I don't think it was anything he was purposely lying to Michelle about or like hiding. I think it was just at that moment, all this feelings sort of hit him. Like he didn't realize them until that point. And he had to send her home. We later find out that Michelle tried to, get a conversation with him after that for closure for herself, not to like win him back or whatever. She just wanted closure and it never happened. She blamed Matt, but I can guarantee you everyone listening to this, Matt probably never knew about it. He probably never knew production. probably didn't tell him they weren't going to allow that, which is weird because once again, production has done this in the past for almost every other eliminated contestant that wanted to come back and talk to him. So figure that out for yourself. So before his date with Rachel, I believe it was just Chris, basically. So he brought up his concerns and his fear and that if he's not ready, he doesn't know what to do. The conversation with his father, everything like that. And Chris was basically like just pressing him to an engagement. Like, you got to do this, basically. Like, we, we want a finale with a ring. That's what he was basically implying. And he was just like, where does this come from? How long have you felt this way? This is not the bad I knew like a couple weeks ago or 10 days ago. And again, like, that's just not his place to say. Then he goes on his second date with Rachel, and I feel like he gets the confirmation he needs. He knows it's her. He picks out a ring just in case, so Neil Lane gets a ring for him. We don't really know what he's going to do, per se. And he's like, you know, he canceled the date. Yeah, I forgot about that. After he eliminates Michelle, he cancels the date, gets the ring, gets Neil Lane, and then he's like, meet me in the lake. And that's where he tells her that he's in love with her, that he's not ready to get engaged, but he still wants to be with her. And that's where the show ends. Which really, I was in and out of. I'm not going to even lie to you guys. I was in and out of just because I, first of all, I'm on spoilers. Like, I know what's happening. And second of all, all that mattered really in this entire episode was the after the final rose conversations. 
the conversation about race, the conversation about education, all of that. That's what needed to be shown. And that's what most people, including myself, I feel like actually only cared about. So the after the final road was then started. And first off, we had sort of Michelle talk about how in love with Matt she was, how she was like sort of blindsided, how she didn't expect it, how she wanted that conversation and never got it with her. And then Matt came out, they talked it through. Matt like sort of apologized for not giving into that conversation. Like he said he didn't, like if he knew it was this bad, he would have, but he didn't. And which is obviously like he had no idea about it. Like if you believe he had any idea about it, you're a fucking moron. And so that conversation was great, but like they had to cut to the Rachel stuff. Like that was what needed to be discussed. So yeah, it basically started with Rachel in the hot seat with alone with Matt and Emmanuel talking to her. And the thing about Emmanuel, which is so, so powerful was he was able to so intelligently articulate what exactly was wrong with what she did, the history behind it, the language in which describe what she did was wrong and how exactly impacted millions of people in the country, like how it was offensive, the different type, the levels of offensiveness, the different types of racism. And basically he even, and I'm sure he did not want to do this, had to bring up later on in the mat, like the view viewpoint of like a racist kind of, and like the people in Bachelor Nation clamoring for it but like he obviously had no control over that the way he talks just makes you like he could convince me the sky is purple but the thing is everything he's saying is truth like it's right and rachel took full responsibility i'm not gonna say but she avoided the specifics on certain things like when she was asked what exactly she was doing she was like i'm not gonna give you a list of like She's like, it would be mean nothing if I gave you a list of like podcasts and books and all the stuff I'm doing to educate myself. Like I have to prove it. And like, I think people wanted a list. I want, I think people wanted specifics about exactly what she has done. So in that type of like, yeah, she did take responsibility and she said like it was on her, but like at the same time, I don't, I don't know because again, it's not up to me. Let me clarify this and every other white person listening it's not on us to criticize. It's not on us to forgive Rachel because we don't know how it, it feels to be impacted by her, her statements, her posts. Like we are not affected by it. No matter what she says or she does, it really just truly does not affect us. So let people of color explain to you, not explain to you, like listen to people of color when they tell you how they feel about this, all of what happened last night. And yeah, she basically said, Emmanuel was like, were you worried at all like because you knew like were you worried this picture was going to come out were you worried about all this stuff happening and she was basically like no I wasn't like I didn't think about it at all which shows honestly the true ignorance that a lot of people in the south face and this is honestly everything that happened with Rachel applies to a broader education systemic issue in America people are not taught this in the south they are not, we, I live in Richmond, Virginia, the former capital of the Confederacy. I can tell you, looking back on my elementary education and what we did, it was not right. We would go to plantations for field trips. We went to James Madison's old house. We went to Thomas Jefferson's. And the way they would teach us and describe to us, like the places where slaves were held, almost making it seem like something that was beneficial, like 
they did not tell us, and they needed to tell us the horrors of what happened. Not maybe in death because we were kids, but tell us how brutal it was for slaves. Tell us how wrong, how they basically kidnapped country, thousands and millions of people and tell us how they forced them into slave labor. We were not taught in with a certain language that needed to be taught to us at a young age. And this, this is what happens. It develops into ignorance. Luckily, I was able to educate myself early on in my life before I was an adult, really. And I was able to figure out how I had to sort of expand my own viewpoints. And I was able to go to also an inner city school with people of all different backgrounds. And we were sort of taught, I had to sort of relearn everything. That's what a lot of people in the South need to take upon themselves. And that was my biggest issue with last night was, and I understand people wanting to be like, Matt should forgive and forget. No, like I get what you're saying. Like I know that's what you think, but you are wrong. It is not Matt's job. It's not his job to be an educator to Rachel. He should not have to carry the emotional weight of trying to be her boyfriend and her teacher. It is on Rachel to educate herself, to learn on what she did was wrong, how it was offensive, how it, hurt multiple people to put that burden onto Matt is an awful thing to do to him. He has every right. And he wasn't even hating on her last night. That's the thing. He could have possibly easily hated on her more than he did. He didn't. He didn't even say he didn't forgive her. He basically was like, I can't be with you. You need to do this outside of our relationship. And if Rachel is truly serious about growing, she'll take this education, even if it means not being with Matt. And that's what it looks like. It looks like there's not going to be reconciliation, and I cannot blame Matt at all for that. It is his decision when to back out of that relationship because of what she did. You don't get to decide whether he should have forgiven her or not, especially because we don't know how much it impacts Matt. We really, truly don't. That is something that is blessed to us, that we will never have to feel the hatred and the anger laid upon us as Matt does. That's the thing. That's my biggest issue is people think Matt owes it to Rachel to educate her. Matt, Matt does not owe Rachel a damn thing. Matt owes it to himself to be in the situation that calls it, that gives him the most happiness. And God, he better sue their asses off at ABC for therapy. Holy shit. Because the thing is, what I noticed about all of this is I think Matt was more in love with, with Rachel than anything we've seen really in past seasons. Because that's why you could tell last night, Matt was in so much heartbreak. He couldn't speak. He didn't look at her. He really had no words. And luckily, what I was referring to earlier, Emmanuel knew that. He knew how it felt. He knew that he needed to let Matt breathe because Chris Harrison would just try to get him to talk more and more. And Emmanuel didn't do that. Emmanuel did a great job at letting Matt do his thing and not do his thing. Just like let him process everything you could tell he was in pain because he loved her and because he was just so disappointed and so hurt by what Rachel did. And there was a conversation that Emmanuel tweeted about that we never saw in which Michelle and Rachel talked about how they were best friends sort of in the house, I think, and how not only did Rachel's post in offensive language and offensive actions harm Matt, it harmed her friends in the house. It harmed her people, her, people of color, relationship, relationships with people of color that she knew and that she had in the house. And not even that, just almost every person of color in the whole country were probably impacted by her statements and her actions. And apparently she 
was able to express that to Rachel and Rachel listened. And at the end they did sort of have a reconciliation and that's great. I wish we would have been sharing that whole conversation because that could have been such a powerful conversation to have because middle America needs to see that it's not even Rachel's not blaming it on cancel culture or the left America leftist America. No, it's her own fault. And she needed to own up to that. Whether you think she she did or didn't, I I honestly again that's not my place. I don't know, but it is something that America needs to hear, and we need to be able to have these conversations. Emmanuel, one thing Emmanuel kept referring to was this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation, and that's something that needs to happen in America. We can't hide from these conversations anymore. We have to have them in order to truly learn. That is a necessity for the Rachels of the world to educate themselves for them to be to hear the void viewpoints of people that are actually impacted from these things that's not what i have to say and that was sort of it for the night we got introduced to michelle's and katie are both gonna have their own bachelorette seasons i think it would have just been michelle but she did not want to leave her students which is adorable and the sweetest thing ever to go on another season so she's gonna have her own season filmed in the summer katie's gonna have this one upcoming yeah, I wish Michelle would have been able to do it because I think yeah, right now more than ever we need a diverse candidate or I wish they would have picked Maggie or Abigail. But I like Katie. I think she's going to be great. I think she's very sex positive, independent. So we'll see how that goes. And again, the cast from what I've read, the cast is filled with people from all different backgrounds, very diverse, recovering addicts, single dads, stuff like that. So that's going to be great to see and I'm excited to see it. It's going to be great TV. Not even, not even great TV. It's going to be a great story, and it's going to be great for America to hear other people's lives. So I hope next week I'll be introducing myself with Haley Sharp, having an interview with Haley. Until then, stay safe. I'll see you next week. I love you guys. Now you hear me every-